Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Harrison Hunter Reed is about to come on and blow your mind as far as how you can create more conscious leadership in your life to scale your business, to scale the, the possibilities and everything that you can create. This dude is tearing it up. You definitely want to stick around. Before we dive into that, though, I want to say thank you for being here, for choosing to be your greatest possible self. I see you. I, I just acknowledge you for taking one step at a time. That's how you create that massive momentum and success. So, so keep showing up and keep staying connected with these epic human beings like Harrison who's about to come on. I'm going to share the iTunes review of the week now and I believe it's by P. Cully. P. Cully says, great podcast, informative and educational. Love the energy and effort that goes into this marathon. Tune in and see what I'm talking about. P. Cully, thank you so much for that review. If you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to beerdps.com forward slash iTunes or search greatest possible self on the Apple Podcast Store. Let us know what you love about the show, what you want to see more of. Give us a review. Subscribe while you're there so you can get all the latest episodes and updates. And thank you for being a part of the journey. I'm going to introduce Harrison in just a sec here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. I have a feeling we're going to go deep and it's going to be a freaking epic conversation. So stick around all the way through to the end because one idea has the power to change everything for you. Harrison Hunter-Reed is a serial entrepreneur, an international speaker, and a world traveler. The purpose of his life is to be radiant love and share extreme abundance and inspire others to feel fully alive. Harrison is an expert in making things easy, actionable, and fun. He helps his students transform their health, take control of their minds, and create enterprises destined for success, all with ease. Harrison went from being fired from every job he ever had to currently running two businesses and one that is relieving the global obesity epidemic by selling snack foods that satisfy our cravings in a radically healthy manner. The other helps American financial institutions structure their benefit programs to instantly generate substantially more income for both their employees and owners. Harrison previously co-founded an events company when he was 18 years old that generated thousands of dollars for charity, and he's also currently on the advisory board for two charities. Help for Children, which helps prevent child abuse, and National Alliance on Mental Illness, which offers help and support for the mentally ill. And that is just the tip of the iceberg with this epic human being. Harrison, are you ready to bring the freaking heat, bro? Yeah. I love Let's it. Let's do it. We are live on Become Your Greatest Possible Self, Harrison. Thank you so much for being here, man. We're going to dive right into the theme of the day, which is home is blank. And so that means you get to fill in whatever home means to you, man. What does home mean for you, Harrison? Wow, I think that's a really good question to ask uh, someone like myself who doesn't actually have a house. I live pretty much out of, it's not even a suitcase anymore. I've, I've upgraded to just a backpack. Yes. And so, yes. I love it. <laughs> for I love me, it. you know, the old cliche saying that home is where the heart is, is, is really a factor for me. Um, you know, at first, when you give up your, your house, which I did uh, nine months ago now, um, you kind of feel this emptiness, like that you don't belong anywhere. 
And, you know, after moving around to many different countries over time, you start to understand that, you know, wherever you are is just home and you just feel at home all the time. And it's a really beautiful feeling. Um, and it's really, you know, helped me fill that space and just, you know, I always feel myself and comfortable and um, just excited no matter where I go. I, you know, I remember um, I was out of the country for like six months and um, I flew into the Fort Lauderdale airport for the first time, you know, and, I, and I'm not even from Fort Lauderdale. I never lived in Fort Lauderdale, but it just happened to be the first time I was back in the U.S. And I just felt this like sense of homeliness. And then I flew to after that, I flew to Medellin, Colombia, and I got down in the airport and I just felt this sense of homeliness. And so home is wherever the heart is. Wow, dude, I love it. I was I was gonna make that the theme. Home is where the heart is. Before <laughs> before I started the marathon, because like oh, everyone, a lot of people know that. And I was like, and I wanna I wanna create a an empty space that people can create in and share like whatever it is. So I I love it, man. I think uh, a lot of people get caught up with the possessions, with the titles, with the status, things like that over the course of our lifetime that defines us. It becomes a part of our identity. So to be able to release that and go wherever we're at and be able to like be free and not tied down by whatever we've accumulated or experienced up until that point, but to to kind of be nobody to step into a new moment with like tons of possibility, man. I think I really hear you doing that and you got your backpack and, and, and of course you're like working in these businesses and helping people grow themselves and health and wellness. It's, it's really awesome, man. I love, I love what I'm hearing. I feel like you are embodying the spirit of millennials and like this new, new age of thinking where we're not tied down by our job or our career or whatever it might be that defined us in the past. We get to create our reality, man. Right. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting point. And I don't think it's just millennials. I think the world as a whole is starting to enter this new yeah. realm, this new way of thinking. And, you know, yeah, there are two different hemispheres. There's the Eastern hemisphere and the Western hemisphere. And, you know, by nature, we have very different thinkings. You know, the um, Eastern hemisphere is more like, you know, how do we find bliss and happiness? And, you know, how do we be peaceful with all it is? And the, and the Western hemisphere is, you know, how do we create success? How do we impart change in the world how do we make a difference and you know the people in the west are kind of in this sort of rat race where they're running around in circles trying to fix everything and the people in the east are you know really peaceful and happy and blissful um but things aren't getting fixed and problems aren't getting solved and i think there's this um beautiful interconnectedness where we're coming together we're sharing ideas and, and people are becoming really well-rounded where they could be at peace in the world they could bring bliss and happiness into their life because that's really why we're on this planet and at the same time they can solve the world's problems so that they'll have a better life their children will have a better life and their children's children will have a better life so i think that this new way of thinking it's not just you know unique to millennials it's coming on throughout the entire world and it's going to make a huge difference for everyone Heck yeah. I love it. I love it, Harrison. So let's dive in more. Um, for, for anyone who's just getting connected with you, tell us a little bit more about like what what do you stand for today? You're working with different nonprofits. You have your different businesses. Like, How would you describe, uh, especially to, to people who are, are inspiring, are inspired to be uh, impact leaders, impactful leaders, world changers, people who want to make a difference in the world, they look to you and they say, wow, Harrison's doing a lot of things that I want to do. Like, How would you describe what you are, who you are, what you stand for today to those types of people? I think I really paid for um, where I am. So, you know, 
not really as a child, but more in my middle school and high school years, I struggled a lot with obesity. And in combination with obesity, I struggled a lot with depression. Mm. And I remember like, you know, one day just being so depressed and just thinking to myself, like, man, like I just, all I want to do one day is to be happy. Yeah. And, you know, throughout a lot of, you know, depression and just wishing that I was happy and um, it just, it, it kind of all added up. And I think that that's one of my biggest drivers. So I was having a conversation um, uh, yesterday, actually, I'm shooting a video um, for my company out here in San Diego. And the, my videographer, he goes to a lot of events and he went to this one specific event. I won't name the event, uh, but it's an event where like um, world changers go, like people go who want to impact change. And he said he went to this event and he felt really, he felt like it was really odd. You know, he goes to a lot of events. He's a very like social and charming guy. And he said that he just couldn't connect to the event, which was really odd. And he felt that um, it was very transactional and it was very superficial. Mm. And so, um, you know, you know, I, I responded to that and saying like, you know, a lot of people that want to impact change on the world, you know, they kind of grew up in an isolated manner. And this was something that was really dear and dear to my heart. Um, you know, when I was obese and depressed, I isolated myself. I didn't have the confidence to be around people like I would get bullied and I didn't want to subject myself to that bullying. And so, you know, all human beings have a need to be like, feel significant. And that's not an ego thing. We just need to feel important because, you know, back in the caveman days um, and cave women days, we weren't important, then we weren't protect protected. And so importance was kind of our like liveliness. And so, you know, for me, when I was growing up and I was isolated, I wanted to feel important. And, you know, in order to feel important for me was like, how can I change the world and make a difference? And, yeah. you know, I'm not coming from that same sort of place, but that's kind of where it started. And I think a lot of people that were isolated um, or had pain or had struggle really set themselves up um, in order to uh, impact change. But that's not the only way, right? That was my way. That's a lot of people's ways. You know, a lot of people talk about their pain, mm -hmm. but, you know, pain doesn't make you who you are. It's how you respond to pain. And, yep. you know, you could have that same sort of response without the pain. And it's really about finding out what's important to you. And so when you're in pain, it's like right up front, you know, I was obese, like I, I was in pain, like, and, and now I'm trying to help people take control of their health and live a more vibrant life. Like I was depressed, I was in pain. And now I'm trying to, you know, show people how they could be more happy. And I got fired from every job I've ever had, I was in pain. And now I'm trying to show people how to be successful, but it's not the only way to do it. Um, and I have an example to share with you. Um, I have a friend named Justin. And uh, Justin and I were hiking a mountain in Peru. And, you know, Justin, he's a very interesting guy. He's not your typical, like, high performer, you know, dedicated to success. He's just this happy-go-lucky, like, you know, he goes to happy hour every day. Um, you know, he likes to, like, you know, watch football. And um, I don't know if he plays video games, but he's not a very, you know, like, work-centric guy, you would think. But then you hear him talk about work, and he's so smart, and he's clearly so successful. And I'm like, Justin, like, I don't understand. Like, like how did you become this person? And, and he tells me, he's like, you know, I work for this really big 
organization. They don't really care a lot about me. Um, I do marketing consulting for some financial institutions and they don't really care about mm -hmm. me. Um, but I really care about what I do because, you know, every day I go into work, I think about my grandmother and, you know, Justin clearly, you know, has a deep love for his grandmother. He just says, I, I think about my grandmother and she's, you know, in her eighties and retired and has no source of money. And so in order for his grandmother to put food on her table, to do the activities she wants to do, to live the quality of life she deserves, she needs certain financial instruments in order to have that income. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to Justin, you know, he doesn't care about the company he works for. He doesn't necessarily care about the people he consults with. What he cares about is making sure that those people he consults with has good enough marketing to reach people like his grandmother so his grandmother could eat. And so he goes into work every single day like his grandmother didn't die, right? His grandmother, you know, there, there's no pain from his grandmother, but he just cares so deeply about his grandmother that, you know, he goes into work every day making sure that she could have food on the table. So that's another way that you can sort of, you know, boost yourself and you know, start achieving. And, and, and what's really magical is once you get that sort of motivating factor, feeding your grandmother or, you know, making sure nobody else is in the pain that you were growing up, um, things just start happening and it's beautiful and it goes really, really quickly. And like, you know, I wouldn't even recognize myself six months ago or a year ago or two years ago, you know, three years ago, like actually here's an example. Um, you know, like 18 months ago, no, no, let me take that back. Like 12 months ago, um, you know, I would watch TED videos or TEDx videos. I'd be like, wow, these guys are amazing. They're so smart. They're so great in their field. That's so cool. They're doing a TEDx. There's no way I would ever, ever, you know, do a TEDx. Maybe when I'm like 45 or like 50, <laughs> you know, I would do a TEDx. Yeah. And um, I did one like two or three weeks ago. And it, it like, it still baffles me. I was like, I gave a TEDx. Someone allowed me to get up on stage and give his TEDx. And I gave a powerful TEDx, but it's like, you know, once you find that drive, that motivating factor, your why, you know, everyone talks about, you know, things can happen in very short amount of time that will blow your mind. And yeah. like, it's not always going to be that way, right? You're not just going to be like, oh my God, it would be crazy if I was a billionaire. And then six months later, you're a billionaire. I mean, it could happen. It, it has <laughs> happened in the past. It's not likely, but it could. Um, but things start happening really, really quickly. Um, and you surprise yourself. And then you realize like, Oh, that, that guy, that guy Harrison, who was on the, you know, be your best self podcast that I was watching, who seemed so impressive. I, I, you know, I, I surpassed him and, and, you know, and it's only been like a year since, since the talk. So things go really fast and just don't be discouraged and just find your motivating factor. I love it. I love it, man. With people tapping into their purpose and like that, that reason why it could be because of pain in the past. It could be because they want to provide for someone. There's a cause that they're standing for. How does that affect someone's conscious leadership, their ability to lead and create that impact and, um, you know, really, really be a great leader for their team as well. Well, I, I think that that's a good question. I think that's really step number one, right? In, in conscious leadership, how do you be a conscious leadership? Well, first you need to find something that you care about that, that you want to be conscious about, you know, for me, it's, you know, helping people beat obesity more than beat obesity. So another thing um, that I'm really 
sort of intentional about is the words that I use. And for a long time, I talked about how, you know, I, I might even be in my bio still that, you know, I'm starting a company to help combat the obesity epidemic. And there's different energies to different words. And, you know, they're confrontational, confrontal. <laughs> there's confronting energy from, from, from somewhere. There's negative energy. There's positive energy. And, um, you know, I really want to focus on words with positive energy that really, you know, boost my internal energy, boost the energy around me. Yeah. Um, and so combating the obesity epidemic, it's like, you know, who wants to fight, who wants to mm. combat? Like, I'm not trying to fight my customers. I'm trying to help them live a better life. And so, you know, a big change for me is when I changed my mission statement from combating the obesity ep epidemic to helping them take control of their health and live a more vibrant life. Because that's really what I want to do, right? I don't want to fight their obesity. I want to give them a good life at the end of the day. Um, but, but to answer your question, uh, if I remember it correctly, um, how does that affect oh, conscious leadership? So, you know, conscious leadership is all about leading with good intentions. And so when you have a strong why, you have good intentions. And, you know, good intentions do a lot for you. You know, they give you energy. And in my sense, in my point of view, I believe energy is the most important aspect of business, right? You know, they say business is 80% execution and 20% skills. And in my belief, energy is the most important thing for you to control in order to execute. You know, another thing energy does, it radiates out. And so what's really beautiful about leading consciously, well, one, it feels really good, right? But two, it really gets people involved in your mission. Yep. And so, you know, when I started out my business, I was having a lot of issues, like a lot of people uh, with my service providers. You know, uh, we would come to agreement, they would tell me like, hey, you'll have this on this date. This mm -hmm. date will arrive and you know, it'll be nowhere to be found. And I'll send them an email and maybe they'll respond. Maybe they won't respond. I'm like, what's going on? Like you promised, like it's not even me, you know? Um, I mean, I thought for a little bit, maybe I'm being overbearing, but then I'm like, they're setting the deadline. Yeah. You know, I I'm not setting the deadline. I signed a contract. I gave them the money. They should be fulfilling on their deadlines. Mm -hmm. And I was in a mastermind in uh, Estonia. And, um, and I talked about this problem. I, you know, it was a, it was a, a mastermind of a lot of different conscious leaders, you know, really great community. And I, and I, and I brought up this problem and, um, you know, one of the, per the people in my group, there's a group of three and this, this woman named Fran, she said, um, are you, are you communicating? what you're doing. And I realized um, that that was a big part that I was missing from my conscious leadership, right? It's, it's, it's one thing to, to lead from a good place, like really try to do something good. And that allows you to be um, cool with yourself, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's much easier to delegate or to, to tell someone to do something or to bring someone in knowing that you have the right intentions. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to make it known to the other person that you have the right intentions. It's really important. And so I started doing that. I started in every conversation I had with my service and providers and my employees, I started starting off every conversation with, you know, thank you for partnering with us to help those that show with weight issues. 
uh, take control of their health and live a more vibrant life. I would end every conversation with that same sentence. I would have that sentence in all of my email communications and like mm-hmm. magic overnight. Um, all of a sudden they all started performing. Even the ones that hadn't been performing for so long, you know, completely did a 180 and like blew me away. Yeah. And um, to, 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 to show uh, an example, um, so I'm in the food space. You know, we make radically healthy versions of popular snack foods. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, a whole reason why we do that which isn't important to the story. The, the importance of the story is in the food business, it's, it's a very difficult business. And there are a lot of people that try to make food products and snacking products. And, you know, they call up co-manufacturers all the time, which are, you know, people who actually like make product at scale. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, a lot of them either like can't meet minimums or, you know, they fail really quick and they're big risks. And so if you don't have any connections in the food industry, and you don't really have a, a known brand, coal manufacturers stop taking your calls. Um, and it's really difficult to get in touch with them. Um, and when I started to, to impart this, you know, leadership into my way of being where, you know, every time I would reach out to a new coal manufacturer, I would lead with like, um, hi, my name is Harrison and I'm the founder of Kula. And this is what we're trying to do. We're really trying to make a difference in, in, um, people's lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, we really need your help in order to do that. And I get like a 90% response rate from wow. co-manufacturers and it doesn't even stop there. Um, I, I reached out to this one co-manufacturer, their name is Packmore. And right away they knew we weren't a fit. And with, with co-manufacturers, like they have certain capabilities and either your, your product's a fit or it's not a fit. And Packmore mm-hmm. knew right away it's a fit, but because I led with what we're trying to do and we need their help, Packmore responded with this incredible email, like totally detailing the entire landscape of coal manufacturing, detailing like everyone who I should get in touch with, all of my next steps. And it blew me away because all I said was like, hey, we're trying to help people who show with weight issues and we need you. And they just like wrote up like a, a one page essay on what I could do. And um, it was really helpful. But what I did was I was like, look, Packmore, um, the guy's name was Chris. I was like, Chris, I was just like you. (laughs) I was like, Chris, um, you know, when I look to pick my partners, you know, I I really look for people who are aligned with my mission. People Mm -hmm. know who know what we're doing and really care about it because, you know, we're going to make, you know, magic together. And I was like, look, Chris, I know you think that you can't uh, create my food product, but can we at least get on the phone and and see if, if there's something we could do? And Chris, knowing that there's no way he can make my food product, but cared deeply about the mission that I was talking about, said, sure. And we got on the phone. We spoke for like two hours trying every little tiny thing like, can I bring in this equipment or, you know, can we move this equipment around? And after two hours, um, it still couldn't work. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then after two hours, he's like, okay, it doesn't work, but now I have a really good idea of what you need. And these are the two people, the exact two people you need to talk to. So, you know, when you find your why, and then you make it known to others why you're doing what you're doing, because people are naturally skeptical. They're like, oh, you know, he just, you know, sees the valuations of other snack food brands. He just wants to make a quick buck. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, some people do, and that's okay, right? Because they're trying to feed their grandmother or their kids or their mother or their family, create generational wealth. 
you know, I, I, I really care about the mission. It's um, for me, it's mission first. And, you know, that's another thing that's really important in conscious leadership is how, how do you uh, measure your results? Hmm. And so I don't think I finished my last story, um, <laughs> but I'll just go into the next one. Uh, so uh, in, in, uh, in December, I was taking part in this goal setting exercise, actually in the U.S., in Florida. Um, I was taking part of this goal setting exercise where you're supposed to set goals for 2020. And uh, you're supposed to choose three, and then you're supposed to share it with your group in like an excited state as if it already happened because it like rewires your brain in order to be like ready to go. Yes. And so, you know, one of my goals that I wrote down was, you know, I wanted Kulas to to make $2 million in revenue. So I wrote it down, you know, it was my turn to share. I got up and I said, I want Kulas. And then I just stopped and I froze because it, it didn't excite me. Like, you know, yes, I, 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 I'm in this business to be successful and to, you know, have a better lifestyle, make some more money. Um, but the money wasn't what got me up in the morning. And so I quickly, I crossed it out. My group is like, what the hell are you doing, Harrison? Mm-hmm. And then I came back and I was like, Kula will help transform 2 million lives in 2020. And I'm just like filled with energy. Wow. And so it's really important that if you're going to do conscious leadership to find your why, to make others know, know of your why, hmm. then to also measure your results that in alignment with your why. You know, I thought it was enough that, you know, I'm trying to do good. Mm-hmm. And if I do $2 million in revenue, that means I'm doing a lot of good, right? But no, you really have to measure your results in, you know, how much good am I doing? And, and yeah, the, the revenue is important, right? You're still running a business. If you, you know, don't understand the numbers and, you know, you don't run your company like a business, it's not going to be around and you're not going to be able to do the good you want to do. Like money, money is important. It's really helpful in order for you to achieve certain things. But if money is the number one thing you're looking at, then you're never really going to be focused on what you're creating on the, yeah. on the, people that you're trying to help. And what I what I hear Harrison, this is freaking gold by the way. I want to recap this. The the money when you put that into the goal, like for example, if the money, the 2 million dollars was in the one sentence statement of everything that you do and you communicate that with everyone, then that's not going to be as impactful for for you personally and I think the majority of people it's it's not so much about the money, it's about the difference that we can make, right? It is about the money and it's more about like who are we really impacting, the lives that we're impacting. So if we want to be able to measure that, like what is the what is the quantity of the actual impact of the people's lives changed, of the amount of the solution that is really going forth into the world, man? Um, I really love what you're saying here. I think it's it's so profe- profound for people to get it and to embody this, man. I, I want to know for you, like what is the distinction of just like thinking about a why? Because I know there's a lot of people who've done a ton of personal development in the audience thinking about it, having brainstormed about it, maybe even having it written down somewhere, the difference between that being aware of it and embodying it and owning it and living it, like being that mission um, in all that you do, like how did you make that switch or how would you recommend people make that switch of, hey, this is just a sentence that describes my life into this is me in everything and all that I do? 
That's that that question is really important for for people to understand. And and just to leave your audience in a little bit of suspense, I, I actually want to touch on something before I answer that question. And so, you know, what you were just talking about really, you know, reminded me of something. You know, you were saying how you know I'm not driven by money, and most and a lot of people aren't. And you know, one thing that I just want to touch on that people kind of forget is nobody really wants money, right? Mm. They want what money gets you. And so until you realize like, what benefit am I trying to get from the money? You're never really going to be, well, sorry, let me rephrase that in positive energy words. Once you figure out the benefit that you're trying to get from money, then you're able to be more aligned in your motivation. Because if you're just chasing paper, it's never enough. I mean, I come from the finance industry. Half the finance industry is just like, I just want a bigger number. And it's like, why? Feed my ego? No, no, no. Like <laughs> the reason to get money is to, you know, to feed your family, yeah. to, you know, do more really interesting experiences, to change and better the world. Like those are the reasons why um, you should be getting money. And once you get clear on those those motivating factors, then the money just flows in. When you stop yeah. focusing on it so much, it just comes with ease. Um, you know, and, and that reminds me, um, you know. And I had a whole weight loss journey. Actually, I had a weight loss journey like four different times in my life because, you know, I didn't really get it right until I was, you know, in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I used to work out at this gym and I was really friendly with a lot of the trainers. And one of the the trainers, Phenom, (laughs) that's what he called himself, Phenom Fitness, really also guy. But uh, he went through his own transformation. And, you know, he was talking to me in the midst of my transformation. And he was saying, you know, for a long time, like every day he would lift up his shirt and look to see if the abs were there and like mm. days and weeks and months would go by and they would never show up. And he was like, it stressed me that it stressed me out. And like, I felt like I was never getting anywhere. And he's like, one day I was like, you know what? I'm just no longer going to look. And then all of a sudden, like he had a six pack, you know, it's like, if you focus so hard on what you're trying to get, like money, mm. um, or abs, right. Cause you don't even want abs for abs. You want abs for the benefit you get, which is, you know, having more money, you know, fitting better into your clothes, you know, uh, being more visually appealing, like all these different things you get from abs. It's not really the abs that do it. You have abs, right? It's just hidden. Right. Um, and money's the same way. And so um, if you really get clear on, on what you want and stop just like focusing on what's going to get you what you want, uh, it's a much easier, more stressful process. But to answer your question, to go back to it, Thinking about your why and how do you embody it every day? I mean, that's a loaded question. There's a lot of things that I do. I mean, you know, one of it is just saying it all the time, right? So every conversation I have, I say it twice. Every time I'm reaching out to someone new, whether it's a retailer, a co-manufacturer, a marketing partner, you know, uh, you know, a farm, any kind of any communication that I have, I I lead with my mission. And so think about a mission like. It's so deeply entrenched in me. Um, there was a like a month ago, I was having a call with this woman who, you know, I was interested in having as a co-founder of mine because uh, I think she's just really special and smart and fascinating. And I was talking about my company, and I could see the value that she would bring to my company and my company would bring to her. Um, and I started to tear up because it was just like, wow, I could see this woman and and me like really building this successful company and helping so many people like that's how passionate I am about my company but it didn't start there it didn't even start close to there Mm. right like when I started my company 
um, you know, I was depressed with my original job for, you know, a couple of different reasons. Um, I was depressed and I was looking for something new to do. And like, you know, I had been obesity. A lot of friends would always come to me and ask for nutrition advice. And I was like, well, you know, I understand nutrition. Um, you know, I go to the store and there are no products out there on the shelves that I like. And it's really frustrating. Mm. Why don't I just, you know, start a company that builds good products to help people eat healthier? And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And then just like <laughs> the more I explored it, the deeper I got, the bigger I saw the problem, the more I understood the problem, the more I understood how unfair it is um, to you know, people in our society, like obesity is a real problem and it, it's really not people's fault, right? You know, 75% uh, of the US struggles with weight issues, 2.1 billion people worldwide. Like if it was everyone's fault, the problem wouldn't be so big. Like there are a lot of factors that inhibit people from being able to lose weight. It's not impossible, right? You know, anything is possible. You can totally lose weight. Uh, but there's just a lot of things going on that make it difficult. And so, um, you know, once I started to see how difficult it was for people to lose weight, and I saw it firsthand, right? Because I yeah. did it, and it took me like 10 years. Um, then I started to really get, you know, empathetic for the people, and really care for them, and, you know, really want to change. And so um, that passion that brings me to tears, I, I've, I've cried uh, several times talking about my business and just the, the work that we're trying to do for people. And that was just built over time from, you know, focusing on what we were doing, starting with our why, right? My why from the beginning was to help people, you know, eat healthier. And I never lost that. And that's really important. You know, a lot of people get caught up in the production of the product like you know our product you know we were told it should be ready in four months it took like 16 months because we were so strict on what we wanted because it was about helping people and any little change to our product would you know inhibit that that assistance and and we didn't want that and so if you're really clear on your why and you stick to your why you're just going to over time start understanding like how important your why is the world like nobody's why like if you're sitting there and you think, oh, my why is not that important. Like, oh, you know, I'm not trying to help 2.1 billion people. If you're, if you have a why, it's it's important. Mm -hmm. And the way you know that it's important is if you just keep exploring it, and you'll just see more and more clearly mm -hmm. how much the world needs whatever why that you have, and that'll just fuel you every single day. Um, another thing that I do is uh, every night before I go to bed, I sort of envision what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I do this for a couple of reasons. One, uh, you know, Thomas Edison was a big proponent of this. Mm -hmm. While you sleep, your subconscious does a lot of work. Yep. And so Thomas Edison said that he would never go to, it was a, it was a waste of a night's sleep to go to bed without asking your subconscious a question mm -hmm. that you're having trouble answering because your brain is, is working all night on, you know, what you last think about. Yeah. And so for me, you know, one of the big things that I do is every night before I go to bed, I do an envisioning exercise of all my different projects and why I'm doing it so that while I'm sleeping, my brain can think about, you know, all the people out there suffering from obesity that really benefit from, you know, our company's help. And I wake up and my brain's like, shit, like, we got to get to work. There's so go many time. people out there. It's go time. Yeah, like, it's go time. <laughs> um, Another thing, another reason why I do that, and, and this is just an aside, is um, when you travel a lot and um, 
you go to a lot of events and, and do stuff like I do, you know, as, as, as much as you try to keep a routine, you're going to, you know, sometimes you fall out of it. Sure. And so, you know, a big problem for me was, you know, I would fall out of routine. I would forget like where each of my businesses are at in accordance to where they need to go. Mm-hmm. And I would start to get really stressed and I would lose momentum. And so this envisioning exercise every night that I do it, um, it allows me to keep tabs on all my businesses and remind my mind that like stuff is moving. Yeah. You have momentum. And so I got rid of the stress and I'm more effective at work because momentum is really the key to, mm. to doing anything. Dude, I love it. You, you mentioned adventuring around the world, traveling around the world there. Um, what impact has that had on your ability to articulate, embody and execute on your mission? I think traveling around the world it has a lot of benefits, and you know I think a lot of <laughs> it's really funny. I had this conversation uh, probably about a year ago. I started traveling nine months ago. Um, I had the conversation a year ago, and um, my friend Serge, who you know I traveled around the world, you know after I think after college, he told me like how he thought everybody should travel around the world, and I was like, that's ridiculous. So it's like, like, what could you possibly get out of traveling around the world? Everybody should travel around the world. It's just there's so many benefits that you get. You know, one of the, the main benefits, actually, here. So to me, I think the most valuable benefit I got, which mm-hmm. impacted all areas of my life, especially my leadership, mm-hmm. is um, when you travel from city to city, from country to country. You know, mm-hmm. I've been in, I don't know, 10 countries in the last nine months, um, maybe more, like 13 countries been a lot of countries, um, you know, traveling on an airplane is kind of, I mean, it's gotten really easy, but it's kind of a pain and like the secret to traveling on the airplane or to traveling from place to place is to try to have as little stuff as possible. Yep. So you're just super comfortable. Like I, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, like I'm down to just backpack. Like I just, I, I, I haven't been, I don't have a home, but I have a home base. Like I have all my stuff in my parents' house. I haven't been to my parents' house in a month. And I won't be in my parents' house for another like three or four months. So like five months, I'll be living out of my, and I just have a backpack. And and so every time you leave a country, you think to yourself, like, what can I leave behind? So every time I leave a country, I leave like a shirt, I leave some pants, I leave some sort of like, I left a book behind, you know, when I left Columbia last, you leave a gadget. Like, you're always just thinking about like, like what is essential and what is like cool, but I don't need. And like, if I got rid of it, I won't miss it mm-hmm. because if you won't miss it, then there's no reason to have it. You only need like what's really essential. And that's how I got down to a backpack. But once you start getting that into your mindset, you start looking at your entire life. like that. So, you know, proximity is something that's really big in my life. And, you know, the people you surround yourself, I'm, you know, very keen on my subconscious and your subconscious is a sponge. So all behaviors that you see, you hear, you smell, like that gets into your subconscious and you start, you know, becoming like that. Um, So like the music you listen to, like I am very keen on what lyrics I allow in my music. Like Mm -hmm. I cut songs out that I love. I love these songs and I cut them out because... Like, I just know the damage is doing to my subconscious. And so anytime I hear a lyric that's not aligned with who I want to be, I hate it. 
but I cut it out because I know it's for the best. And then I don't end up missing it because I, I forget about it. Right. Um, you know, I do that with like the people in my life, you know, who in my life can I still love, but spend less time with to ensure that I protect my subconscious. And in that, if that sounds like a selfish behavior in that could also be beneficial um, to that person. So for example, um, you know, I, I used to have, you know, four roommates when I, when I used to live in, in New York mm-hmm. and, you know, they're really awesome people. You know, I, they've been friends of mine for a really long time. And at a certain point, it was quite obvious that our ambitions were misaligned. And so when that happens, you know, people tend to do things that like not on purpose, not consciously, but they try to hold you back, right? Because they're afraid of of losing you. Mm -hmm. And so I had to break free of that situation in order to become the person who I became today. And becoming the person who I came today influences them to then break free from their ambitions and become different people and, and become more like they want to be. So, you know, um, you know, proximity is really powerful, but the, the main point in how, you know, leaving clothing behind in a country impacts your business is when you're always trying to figure out what's essential and what can you get rid of, you start thinking about that way with your business. It's like, mm. what do I do? I don't even have this thought process anymore. Um, just because it's been so in, like consciously, like it's all subconscious now. Mm-hmm. I don't really do anything anymore that's not essential. But you th- you go back to your business. You're like, okay, what's essential? What can I delegate? And how do I delegate it right now? Yet, how do I delegate it yesterday? Yes. And what's what can I just just get rid of and forget about? Mm-hmm. And that just makes you so much more effective and powerful as a leader. Gold, dude, I love it. This is this is powerful. So I heard the there's a lot of benefits to traveling, but that that mindset of like what is the core essential things to carry with me to take with me, um, and also when we're talking about the leadership and being a conscious leader and embodying that you know one sentence mission statement, it's like what what is the way of being that I want to carry with me everywhere I go, you know, and that like embodying that mission, embodying that what you're wanting to bring forth into this world, which you're committed to doing, you know, like you'll do whatever it takes you'll stop at nothing it's like if i'm to let go of all the other distracting thoughts or all the other thoughts that are like second and third priority and only stay in that most valuable process of thinking most valuable process and and way of being like what is that and it's like living from that mission and embodying that everywhere you go it's it's awesome man well i'd love to touch on what you just said um you know there's all this talk about purpose what's my purpose in life like what am i gonna do and i i think it's really uh people get stuck on that Mm. a lot because they're like oh i need to find my one mission like what's my perfect mission what can Mm. i do for the rest of my life and it's like you don't have one mission like there are so many things like you know and missions can be all over the place like one of my missions is to help those who struggle with weight issues take control of their health live another vibrant life live a more vibrant life. Another one of my missions is to bring positivity, positivity and love into, you know, my parents' household every time I show up and give them a better life. Like I have so many different missions. You know, another mission is to you know, be a great partner in, you know, my finance business and, and show up when I need to show up. And so people, I think a lot of times get stuck on, you know, trying to figure out their one mission and 
what what happens with that is they get stuck and mm. they get froze. They're like, oh, this is not the perfect mission. I can't even pursue it. Mm. And the answer is like, if you care about it, that's a mission of yours. Yeah. Start pursuing it. And then you'll find out pretty quick if you want to do this for the rest of your life, if you want to do this for 10 years, if you want to do this for five years, if you want to do this for one year. And that'll always change as you change, but it's okay. You know, one thing about being a conscious leaders, leader, um, which is really powerful is, you know, I was having a conversation uh, with this guy, Craig, and Craig teaches social entrepreneurship mm-hmm. um, at, at some university. I, I forget which one, uh, but he talks about what the difference between a social entrepreneur and a regular entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, a regular entrepreneur can solve world problems because they just think it's profitable. Whereas mm-hmm. a social entrepreneur really cares about the problem. And what he says is the difference is with a regular entrepreneur, they come up with an idea a product, a service that the world needs. And they fight tooth and nail for that product or that service to work. And if it doesn't work, it's a failure. A social entrepreneur, they come up with a mission, a, a, a new way that they see in the world. Hmm. And it's like, for me, it's you know helping those that struggle with weight issues. Yeah. And once you have the mission, product ideas and service ideas just flow to you. And you choose one. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't matter. Like, cause you're not attached to the product or the service, you're attached to the mission. Right. And so you're just going to keep doing whatever it takes in order to achieve that mission, no matter what it looks like. And that's one of the greatest things about conscious leadership and social entrepreneurship is you can't fail because you just, you have to keep going. You, you like, you're just so motivated and urged to keep going that you're going to figure out a way um, to make it work. And I want to I add to this real quick because I saw um, today, like one of the biggest things that's missing in the secret, like the law of attraction and stuff. Um, they talk about, in Napoleon Hill, talks about having a burning desire for that which you want. But what's missing is like this unattachment of when and how it all comes about, right? Like the, the how, it, that's going to work itself out. But if we're constantly realigning with that vision of, you know, like every time at night you see the, the world as you want it to be, you see your company like being the interface being the the thing that transforms the catalyst that transforms that situation or at least one of them then the right people the right circumstances the right skills the right everything resources and alignment it'll all come into alignment like at the perfect timing but we just keep showing up in that hey this is my mission this is my mission this is my mission and i think that's something a lot of people have a difficult time with is how did they constantly program their mind to say like and focus right focus is a big problem for a lot of people because our attention is so distracted and so trying to be pulled in so many different directions but i also love what you said about our our mission is not necessarily just one thing and if if you're getting stuck on trying to find the perfect words for it then just show up in every conversations every conversation and in that conversation who are you what are you inspired to communicate what is the mission that you're embodying in that conversation and, and then like you said you'll find out which ones you align with as you repeat them over and over again you'll feel which ones resonate you'll feel which ones are your deepest truths and from that you just keep going down that rabbit hole until it evolves again or whatever ends up happening. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, for me in life, um, nothing is, is forever. And, you know, that might sound kind of weird to say, but, you know, everything is right now. You know, this is my passion right now. Yeah. You know, tomorrow I could find out that what I'm doing is just the worst business idea ever. <laughs> and I don't even care about, you know, obesity anymore. I want to, you know, help more people with their depression. Right. And it's like, 
it doesn't make you flaky to pivot. You know, I'm dedicated to living a life of service where, you know, I help people live a better life. And, yeah. you know, I, I have an idea of what it looks like for me today. Tomorrow it could look different, you know. Um, there are things that go in and out of my life all the time. Like, you know, I, I was starting, I started a podcast and, you know, podcasts are, are really awesome. It just wasn't, it just didn't resonate with me. I had a YouTube channel. Like, I, you know, I made 21 YouTube videos. Like, that takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy. It even took money. Uh, it wasn't for me, but I'm so glad that I tried it. You know, you know, one of the things that I think is really important um, about the entrepreneur uh, mindset is that like you can't predict the future like you could have a good idea of trends and what's going on and you know what could work what won't work mm -hmm. but at the end of the day like in business in life um it's important just to 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 try try everything out um and see what works you know try to become an influencer on social media try to build a business you know, try to, to be a speaker, like try to do, try to be a coach, like try to do all these things. Cause until you try, you won't know, um, you won't know what resonates with you. I think that's really important. And, um, I lost my train of thought. Well, I, I hear giving ourselves permission to experiment and, and screw it up, you know? And also like with that now principle, like everything is now, nothing is forever. We're not promised tomorrow, right? Like who do I want to be today? You know? And, and I think a lot of people that may have built up so much momentum and identity around what they're doing that they're unwilling to pivot. They're unwilling to, to try something new and go do something different. But I think in that envisioning process, I really want to keep going back to that because it's so powerful, man. Every night, like when we are aligning our energy with what brings us joy, what like we will feel ourselves come alive in that process. You know, you can just like feel the smile come across your face as you see that vision coming to life. Like you will get inspired next steps. When you wake up in the morning, you will have downloads. You will have like clarity on, shoot, how did I not see this before? Like, of course, that's the next step to take. And that's all we got to figure out is what's the next step? What are we, what are we inspired to do next? Yeah, that, that, that practice changed my life. It, it was, it was really important um, setting that up. Um, So, uh, you know, what's, what's next, you know, once you have your motivating factor, once you let it be known that you have your motivating factor, um, once you build that, that passion, um, and get aligned, um, it's really inviting people into your mission, right? That's something that, you know, you were talking about earlier. How about the secret where, you know, you attract the people that you want to attract and you do, you know, and you know, when I was, you know, starting out my business, you know, a lot of people were really affected by the mission, right? You know, everybody either was obese or knows someone who's obese. It's just such a, a prominent problem that, you know, almost everyone I talk to has some sort of connection or relationship and want to see it solved. And so I was attracting a ton of the right people and I was <laughs> missing out on such a vital step of like inviting them in, you know, people would want to get involved and I'd be like, that's awesome. But I never was like, hey, like, we should do this together. Like, you know, we should partner up in this sort of aspect. I would really love for you to help me, you know, set up this event where I'd love to, you know, do this, you know, tasting kind of thing. I, I understand that was like the same sort of example. Um, where I'd love to create a product with you. 
or, you know, I'd love to do a cross promotion campaign. You know, that was a step that that's super important. It's like, if you're going to do all these great things, invite people to help. Like people want to help. Like people love mission-based people. And that's, that's something that's really important. And that's how you scale geometrically, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about a business, there are all these different aspects of a business. There's, you know, finances, there's legal, there's operations, there's marketing, Mm -hmm. there's sales, um, there's all these different kind of sects of the business. And, you know, as one person, you can't really do, I mean, you can't, like it's possible, but you're going to be a lot more effective with more people. Yeah. And so if you can enroll people in what you're doing, you know, you know, I talked about my service providers before, how, you know, I was really having a struggle with them. I was really stressed. They weren't performing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once I came to light, you know, I, once I aligned them with my mission, all of a sudden they started um, blowing me away. You know, that, that, that translates to the rest of your business, you know, for sales, like in a food company, for example, you know, I could go door by door by door by door and try to get my food product into one store at a time. Mm. Or I could partner up with an organization um, or a charity that has influence on, you know, a hundred thousand retailers. And I use that number because there's a specific example um, in my business that we're talking to, but I don't want to share the names. Um, but so instead of going door by door by door, you know, I made one connection and, you know, she was deeply impacted by the mission and she could help me get into a hundred thousand stores. So like that's where conscious leadership really, um, shows itself in geometric growth. Like another example is, you know, one of my advisors, is starting a, a honeycomb company and he believes honeycomb can be a better administration of vitamins and minerals than supplements and nice. just more bioavailable, which means digestible by the human body. Mm-hmm. And so that's his mission to come up with a better supplement that our bodies can actually use so that we can, you know, solve all of our, our health problems. And, you know, he brought this to a different honey manufacturer that was just, you know, selling honey to, to sell honey to make a profit, just like nothing special about it. And they source all of his honey for him. They cut it up for him. They package it for him and they distribute it to the stores. Like because he has this mission and he enrolled someone else in this mission, he doesn't even have to think about supply chain. He doesn't have to think about operations. He doesn't have to think about distribution. Like imagine running a business. You know, at least for me, who's, you know, the entrepreneur, the artist, like I care about the product, I care about the sales, the marketing, like, you know, operations to me is kind of like, you know, someone could actually enjoy like setting up processes and stuff, like what is going on? So, so for someone like me to hear that, you know, I could run my business and only focus on making a great product and, you know, marketing it. And I don't have to think about how we're actually getting the product to people. like how much more of effective of a leader would I be without having to think about that all the time, like 10 times more effective, which is, you know, why conscious leadership is so important. It's like, I want to preface this, like, don't, you know what? I actually don't want to preface this. You know what? If you want to come up with a mission and live out of your mission, just so that you could grow a business and make more money, like it, you're going to, you're going to fall in love with the mission and you're going to start living it. So, you know what, try that, do that. I don't care. Like, I don't care what your intentions are, get a mission and live and breathe that mission because it'll come to you. And then we'll have a new leader 
you know, world that is going to make a big difference. So, so yeah. Do that. Boom. I love it. Harrison, dude, you are, you're on fire, man. We're just scratching the surface with all of this gold that you've been giving us. And I know that you're, you're empowering people. You're doing a ton of interviews. People can definitely find out more about you, learn from you more. How do they do that, man? How do they stay connected with you? So there, there are a couple ways. Um, you know, if you're really interested in our food company, I like to start with that because that, that's what I'm really passionate about. And we're really going to make a difference. You know, um, there's this thing about like self-promotion. And it's like, if I'm offering something, this is conscious leadership, right? If I'm offering something that I deeply in my bones believe yeah. is going to help you, how could I not promote it? Like it would be wrong of me not to lead with, you know, this service that could, that could really change your life. Yes. And so, you know, something that's part of conscious leadership is like, I could self promote all I want. And it's like, because I'm, I'm trying to make a difference. And if I don't self promote, I'm holding you're back. Yeah. You're tapped into your mission. Yeah. That's fueling you. Like it comes from a pure place, man. Exactly. Yeah. So if, if you want to learn more about our company, we're going to be launching in the next couple of months. Um, you could go to hulas.com, K-O-O-H-L-A-H. S.com. Uh, you might want to spell that out for people or I'll spell that out um, later. I know it, it, it's not the easiest to spell a name, but you just, we're going to be in stores. You'll see us on the shelf and it looks beautiful, the name, um, and you'll be intrigued to try it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, like me personally, um, the best places to reach out are Instagram at Harrison Hunter Reed or LinkedIn. And uh, my name on LinkedIn is Harrison Hunter Reed Fisher CPFA. And if you want to connect with me, uh, I'll gladly connect. And if you want to send me a message with any questions, you know, I'll gladly answer them. I get I get questions all the time um, after I talk or after I do podcasts, and I'm I'm always happy. I like not only am I happy to answer them, like I'm I'm honored, like yeah. you know, that you took your time to not only listen to me, but then you took the time to to reach out and like follow up. Like that's such an honor. Like that that shows me like I'm doing job like i'm making a difference in at least one person's life that's interested in learning more so please reach out on instagram linkedin or, or go to my website and um, sign up for our newsletter so that you could be the first to know about when you could get our product into your belly dude harrison you're a freaking champ man i love it everyone go to koolahs.com k-o-o-h-l-a-h-s.com and search harrison hunter reed and harrison dude your champion. Thank you. Thank you for being here and just having a great conversation, man. Love how you're living your purpose, embodying your mission and sharing with our audience how they can tactically, practically really take steps to doing that. And uh, yeah, everyone contact Harrison. Let him know where you're at with your mission. Let him know what you are uh, stepping into, how you're going to use this, these tactics and this advice and wisdom to really step into and embody your wisdom. Harrison, thank you so much, man. Thank you. I had, I had a blast being here. I love live shows. Like the fact that you're going to do this for 12 hours straight is like in, is like insane uh, to be honest with you. Uh, but it's, it's, it's really awesome. You know, like it's really cool. You know, I, I, I really like what you're doing. I think it's, it's, it's unique. It's different and it's special. You know, um, people need more of this in their life. Like we're so bogged down with, you know, I know I only have like very short amount of time, but we're so bogged down with all this news. Like, um, like the coronavirus and presidential election and you know all this stuff and it's like the world's a great place you know it's it's getting better all the time there's so many amazing things like we forget to focus on the positives but you bringing positivity into people's lives and transformational knowledge you really make it a difference thank you 
Listen, I received that. Let's keep being our greatest possible self, brother. I appreciate you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever. <laughs>